I'm ready. Let's party. Let's do this. All right, Cassia, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so stoked to have you. Oh, I'm so stoked to be with you. And like, it's just so cool to be able to connect. And you're in Guatemala. I'm here in Costa Rica right now. And Mm -hmm. it's just like awesome. Everything that's going on with Salty Club. Thank you so much. And we're so stoked to have you contributing your sound healing to our Move and Breathe with the Pros program. And I would just love to start by getting into your whole story with sound healing. What was your first experience with it? How did you get into it? And why are you so passionate about it as a mode of healing? Yeah, Caitlin. So basically, you know, me and my whole journey with sound and vibrational therapy, I think really started um, before I even understood it, it was introduced to me about, gosh, 14 years ago. Now, um, I was, you know, having surfing as my background, I was always riding waves. Um, and one day I walked into this place out in the desert with some friends and we just kind of stumbled upon it. And this guy gave us a sound bath and, you know, he and I were talking in, in the kind of parking lot. And he was a surfer from Topanga. So we started talking about surfing. So we connected in the water and he was like, have you ever had a sound bath? And I'm like, what is that? And he's like, just come on in, let's hang out. So he just gave us all like a kind of free sound bath, you know, and that was my first one. And that was in 2008. And it really stuck with me. It was such a journey, a deep journey. And it felt to me like surfing, but in the feeling sense. And then it went a lot deeper. All this stuff was coming up for me. And, and really, I think it kind of like came to me at the perfect time because it really fueled a lot of inspiration for me to make some big changes in my life. You know, it's like, mm. I truly feel as a person, um, you know, I'm constantly wanting to grow and change and adapt. Like, I never want to look back. Like, people like, oh, you know, like, let's go back to how things were. I'm like, I want to go forward into something I never <laughs> felt before. That's just me personally. So I was like, you know, really feeling um, kind of stagnant in some ways and very grateful to have traveled a lot and been surfing a lot. But I felt like, what's the next thing for me? Like, what is going to fuel me? So it came at a really poignant time in my life. Um, and then I kind of like forgot about it, but it stayed with me three years later, I was walking down the street and saw one of like, what to me at the time looked like a giant UFO a big <laughs> singing bowl, you know? And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is one of those things. So I went in, I, I asked if I could buy it. Like I started playing it and, you know, I asked if I could just buy it from them and they're like, yeah, you know, whatever. They had to call a manager and I, I ended up walking home with it, like on my head. <laughs> And, um, and then I started taking a deep journey. I invited over a friend who was a musician and then, you know, she came over, she's like, oh my gosh, this thing's amazing. So then she called another friend who was a musician and then he brought some instruments and, and then we just kind of started jamming. So, um, you know, this was 2011, 2012, and we ended up starting a performance art group called UFO 2012. And from there, you know, um, it was, there were seven of us, we toured, we made vinyls with art galleries, we played shows at, you know, Fashion Week in New York, we did all sorts of wow. things. Yeah, like, did like art exhibitions and all these different things, you know, um, and it was beautiful. It was such a deep dive and a journey. But me and one of the gentlemen that was a part of that group of seven of us were really interested in the healing elements of sound. Like as we got deeper into that journey, 
you know, also got deeper into my own meditation practice and my own like deeper levels of my spiritual practice. And it was doing things to me on a physical, energetic, emotional, spiritual level, all layers of my being, you know, were really being energized and transformed as I was holding space and spinning sound for people. And so, um, you know, kind of in 2013, our crew kind of everybody went and did their own separate things that said, um, I just kept on going with the sound and you know, we started hosting sound baths at a couple of my friends' yoga studios. And it was kind of like newer in the LA scene at that time. You know, people, it wasn't like on everybody's lips, you know? Um, and then started more and more started popping up and, you know, we started doing more and more. And then from there, I studied with a couple different like sound teachers and I started studying craniosacral and polarity therapy. Um, so I started studying all these different like energy modalities that would both support my sound work and my sound work would support them. So it's been kind of like a long journey now um, from when I was first introduced to it. And um, it just continues to unfold and teach me and humble me. And it's so beautiful, I think, to really, um, you know, have a balance of like the meditative, emotional, spiritual aspect with surfing. You know, surfing is so physical. Mm -hmm. It is also so like energetic and nurturing in some, in like so many beautiful ways. That said, it is so physical that it's really nice to have this other sort of journey that is still like riding a different um, wave and and hold space for people that way so it continues you know totally because i have access to that sound healing now i had the idea like i'm gonna listen to it and then i'm gonna do the interview and i started playing it and i was like i don't think this is a good idea i can feel so much already moving and coming up but i don't know where i'll be at the end of this so i had to stop it and i'm like i think i'm gonna do that tonight after we speak because i could already like eight minutes in i could already feel things moving in my body. I could feel things are moving emotionally. And I was like, whoa, this is very intimate, even online, even not in person. It's a very intimate thing. It absolutely is so intimate. Mm -hmm. And like in so many ways, I do feel that sound is an adaptogen. So it just supports us with whatever we need mm -hmm. for that moment, like whatever mm -hmm. we're craving. And that's why I always invite people to really get clear with an intention so they can invite the sound to support them in whatever they need in that moment. Um, everyone listening to one of these sound journeys, whether it's in person or on this beautiful uh, platform that you've created online for people to support them wherever they are in the world. Um, you know, I, I really feel and know it to be true that every time you listen, you're going to have a different journey because there's different things that are up for you in that moment. And to really lean into that and to get clear with what you wish the sound to support you and what you intend to maybe let go of or intend to call in, you know, and also pay mm. attention. Like it's not all bliss, like transformation is tension. And so lean into the tension. If things are coming up that are uncomfortable, that's actually encouraged. Lean into mm -hmm. what's uncomfortable for you maybe because it might just be the thing that needs to move so you can bring in more grace, you can bring in more abundance, you can bring in more support. Like, you know, and that's something I think that's really important to um clarify for people. Um yeah. you can't listen to a sound bath in a wrong way. You can't do anything wrong. And if if weird stuff's coming up for you, it's coming up because there's a space to clear it. So definitely yeah. like don't, don't kind of get stuck in that or trying to force it away. Or if there's, 
different things going on in your body. You know, you mentioned your body. Like if there's some like tension or pain or you're noticing anything, just kind of like lean into it. Don't go too far down it. You know, don't get sucked Mm. into it. That said, like lean into like, oh, what is this telling me? Like maybe, oh, my heart, I'm feeling something in my heart. Like, let me touch my heart. Like, let me see, you know, what this is for me and just kind of honor it in that moment. Mm-hmm. I love that advice. And it's true. That's a really important thing to say is that it's not all bliss, right? Because my intention was like, how can I hold um, my my stress and my anger at some particular things that are happening in the world while still being such a source of like joy and energy and life for myself and my son and my family. So this was, it's a very like mm-hmm. intense intention to have, but I was like, not to solve it, but to cultivate this feeling where they both coexist together and it's okay in my body. Right. And of course I'm like, well, I'm just going to get down and that's not going to be uncomfortable. Well, of course it's a really intense intention to have, you know, so I'm really looking forward to tonight sitting down with that. And when I have no distractions, really seeing what comes up with that. That'll be great. And yes, you know, Mm. you brought up such a wonderful point. We're living in such a dynamic time. Um, There's just so much up for humanity to witness and it's uncomfortable and there's beautiful moments of bliss. It's everything. And we're in like, literally we're living in like truly like a dualistic experience of like what is and all parts just like it's sunny and you're like, wow, it's such a beautiful day. And then like the moon's out and that's beautiful. It's like, we can't have everything all the time. And it's like, Mm. how do we pick everything in, have emotions and feelings and also like choices? Like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like we have an opportunity to stop it by just choosing not to entangle ourselves with it and things will transform. I feel like it's like such an interesting time because it's, I feel like as a global, you know, humanity, as global citizens, we're really starting to see each other in that Mm -hmm. and really trying, starting to take responsibility. I think in some ways, you know, this thing with like, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that, it's like, it really affected everybody all over the world. We're realizing how connected we are with what's going on right now with the war and everything. It's like, we all feel it as if it's happening to us. Like it's, it's a humanity issue. And so how do we hold space from what I'm hearing and everything that's happening and also be hopeful and not get disenchanted, not disassociate, not just chase the light. It's like, okay, cool. How do I hold all of this? Show up for myself, show up for my family, stay hopeful, stay in prayer, stay like in love, stay in like those kind of like higher states while also navigating all these different things that are showing showing themselves right now that are totally horrible and fully uncomfortable and like the worst stuff ever. And hopefully we can transition through this and it can never happen again. That's what I'm hopeful for. Like, Uh okay, cool. It's all of our choices to never let something like this happen again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's it. And then that's it. I have to keep this hope that everything is being exposed so that we know, so that we do have the tools to go forward, realize how united we are and never let this happen again. Just like you said. That's it. That thank mm-hmm. you for summing it up in such a clear way because I just kind of went down like it's you perfect. know, but yeah, it's it's really and never let this happen again. You know, all eyes are on, all eyes are open, and I think we've been seeing that. We've been seeing kind of like you know the trauma and the shadow part of humanity coming up over and over again in this last couple of years, and we're all seeing it. All eyes are on it, so like mm-hmm. we really have an opportunity to choose other. You know, so I'm really yeah. hopeful as heavy as this is, it's like the worst ever. And I'm also hopeful. It's like, you know, through the most tension, 
you know, comes, you know, the most light. So it's like, okay, we're going through this like tension portal right now um, as a global family. And it's like, how can we come through this more united, more compassionate, more loving and supportive of each other? And hundred percent. A hundred percent. And thank you for summing it up like that as well. Cause it's so true. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And, and, you know, gratefully there's so many tools, you know, like for the most part, many people have a computer, many people have a phone. I think, you know, for showing up in person to a sound bath or to a yoga class or to a breathwork class is so important and so powerful to gather um, with people. And, and, you know, some of us haven't had the opportunity or some of us hadn't had the means and to create a platform like this that really connects people globally, again, global citizens in this space is like truly what a gift that we live at this time that we can like check into this space, this virtual space and connect with people around the globe in one moment, you know, and have mm-hmm. a collective prayer, have a collective session, hear from each other, hear what's going on for other people. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's it. Like in a big way, obviously we know social media can be so destructive, but at the same time, what a gift as well to be able to hear so many voices and to have that as well. Again, that's that duality, right? Like we do have so many resources that we haven't ever had before in, in history. It's just, yeah, like how can we use them for good and uniting and for, for our, ourselves and for our nervous system? And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's how do we work with these tools, you know, rather than being worked by them? You know, it's like there's so many opportunities that we have at, at our fingertips right now. And and yeah, I, it's like, how do we use them as tools and not be kind of like, you know, swallowed by them, too, because there is that kind of thing. You know, it's like, exactly uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. And, and what a time to be alive. Mm-hmm, definitely. And changing gears a bit, I wanted to talk about uh, you touched on it slightly, but you said that you're it seems like you're good with change, like you're comfortable with change. And it seems like you've had to go through many evolutions in your life. Like you were a sponsored professional surfer and then you moved to creating a business and and being a sound healer. And I'm sure there's so many other transitions you've had to go through and so many other like deaths of chapters and stuff. Have you always been really comfortable with change or is it something you've had to learn to be comfortable with? You know, it's absolutely something that I embrace and invite in. And it's in that uncomfort that I really get to know myself more. You know, it's like going through those places that really make me question everything that maybe I valued before, maybe make me question or give me an opportunity to question where I've come from, you know, how I'm changing and transforming, maybe how I have more elasticity around things as, as, you know, and, and it's not until I think personally for me, it's like not until we look back to see where we've come from. It's just choosing to step into the uncomfort, choosing like, oh, things are really uncomfortable right now. I'm going through a lot of transition. Everything looks like a mess. Everything looks like destruction. There's some potent medicine in this. How can I lean into it more, lean into those parts of myself that are resistant? Because in those spaces, I feel like there is gold. You know, it's like the space between the note and like a sound, you know, or in music, it's like there's that tension and then that release and that space in between everything is where there's like so much infinite energy available. So it's like, you know, and I think it's one of those things that I've definitely been, you know, through so many different transformations in my life. And I think that each one of them makes it a little easier to go through the next because I feel more resilient. Mm -hmm. Things that made me maybe would take me longer to, 
not bounce back from. That's not the word because I don't want to go back. And it's not about bouncing. It's just like things that would um, be faster or take me a lot longer to kind of come to a space of like, you know, surrender and integration. Actually, like I can get to those places faster. You know, there's still the cycle of like chaos, you know, and chaos really starts the transformation cycle. And then there's sometimes anger and there's sometimes grief and there's sometimes fear. And then it gets to a space of like truly surrender. And once we surrender, then we can start to like integrate, you know, the information, you know, and assimilate Mm -hmm. it. And then we come back up to balance. So I think that truly is that kind of like cycle of like, okay, cool. Like, so some chaos is happening. What's up? You know, so I feel like that arc is maybe um, a little faster sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it does get softer, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I just think about, you know, friends of mine and even in my own personal experiences, like resistance to like end businesses that aren't working anymore or resistance to end relationships or business relationships or even leave a town because of this fear, like, is this as good as it gets? Or is this Mm. what if the next step is a mess, right? But what you're saying is like, it will be a mess. Like, of course, you know, there will be that element. and, And it's about being present throughout that whole transition to let's say the next thing, not that you, you ever arrive in places, it's always constantly evolving, but I just love how you speak about it. Like it's such a rich, positive thing, you know, it's, it's really nice to hear it that way. Totally. And it can be, and it's also like heavy. And I think it's important to allow ourselves to feel all the emotions, because if we allow ourselves to really be with them and let it come Mm -hmm. out and not try to have anything be a certain way, then it's a lot easier to kind of get to that space of surrender personally, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like to make it more easeful. It's like, I think helpful to just be like, gosh, like some days I need to like get pissed off. Mm -hmm. I need to feel like shit. I need to like honor that part of myself, like all aspects of our feeling bodies, because it's through feelings that we learn. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's maybe part of a lot of issues with things is that, you know, since maybe we were kids or depending on where you grew up, it's like, oh, like, don't show your emotions. Like, you shouldn't feel that way. Like, oh, like no crying. Like we're told as kids, like, don't cry. Like, you know, or like then there's like all these like pharmaceutical things that put people on antidepressants. Don't feel this way. Don't feel this way. Like, just feel nothing. And it's like, well, we got to feel something, you know, like allow Mm -hmm. ourselves to feel because it's through our feelings that we understand more. And so it's like, I think that that's potent. Like, we don't always need to feel epic because when we do feel epic, that's going to be so much better. Yeah, it's so true. It's that contrast, right? And I see that a lot in in my son as well. You know, when when he's crying or something, I, I notice people around him going like, yeah, yeah, which is like, that's enough, that's enough. Kind of like trying to calm him down or they're like, no pasa nada, like nothing happened. And I'm kind of like, I can't control what everyone else does, but I'm really trying to like sit down get to eye level with him when he's having his releases and just be like, I'm here with you. And do you have any more in there? And that's okay. You know, because, but it is it. And in that way, I feel like I'm almost reparenting myself in a way to be like, is there any more in there with me? Can I sit with it? Can I be okay Mm. with it? And, and when I'm having reactions to his emotional reactions, getting curious with that as well. Right. So it's, it's really fascinating that you touch on that too. It's huge. You know, as a parent, you know, it's like, gosh, it's like, you have such a beautiful opportunity to do things differently, Mm. you know, and, and nothing bad or wrong about the way that we were all raised. It was like how we needed to be raised to learn whatever we needed to do. And we can also like teach people in different ways. And I feel like everybody Mm. wants to be seen. 
So to be seen in your pain and supported and not judged for it or not like told to be quiet, like that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's so rad. It's so important, you know, and just to hold space for like, that's huge, you know, and I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. so excited for all the kids. I'm so excited for the future. It's so cool. It's so cool. Uh Like watching like these kids come and be supported in a different way, you know, Mm -hmm. that maybe I was supported or I don't know, like maybe you were supported or just like, there's just so much more space. Mm-hmm. And this is part of this this hopefulness that you speak of too. Is is this generation that's coming up and not burdening them with what we have to fix, but at the same time being like, wow, there's so much opportunity for them, and all these alternative schools that are popping up everywhere, all these different ways of schooling, ways of teaching, ways of living, like different ways of living in community. Like for me, growing up in suburban Australia, like you had your house and everyone and you went back to your house in the suburbs and you had your play dates, but that was it. But I have a few friends who are, who are expats here and they've had their babies and they're like, come have a sleepover. Let's have a sleepover with our babies. Like let's be in village together. Let's, you know what I mean? Like not having this separation and, and it is this freedom of just raising them differently. And I am so excited to see what happens with that. That's so awesome. That's so <laughs> exciting. And it's just so rare that, yeah, people are finding their tribes and people finding people that like, you know, are really on par and supporting them and and kids get to grow up with other kids in a more free way and actually Mm -hmm. like enjoy and play and be in their bodies in a different way than I feel like I experienced too, like in suburbia and everything structured and I went to Catholic school and everything was like this stuff. And I was just like, this is so Mm -hmm. weird, you -hmm. know? And thank God for that contrast because it asked me, it invited me to question everything. You know, mm. and because I question everything, I got to wherever I am right now is all perfect. That said, it's really nice that there's a different sort of availability for for a lot of the kids now. I'm just definitely like so <laughs> definitely. But that's true. And I think maybe that's in a big way what brought us to surfing because it is that like organic movement. It is that mm-hmm. like not having to wear ready clothes or just a wetsuit or like make this or that. There is that that freedom, that ability of movement, that being right there with nature without like going straight into a cliche, which has been said so many times, but it's so true, right? Like, and that makes me think about it now. That's probably why I was drawn so much to surfing was that freedom. Freedom, full freedom. There's zero mm. rule surfing. I mean, obviously you don't want to like drop in on anybody. Like, <laughs> you know, I think that's like the one just like be chill. Cause again, it's like a community in the water and like you're a part of it when you paddle out mm-hmm. to a pack of people. And if everybody's just kind of like working together, it all works a lot better. Um, that said, yeah, they're really outside of that. There's really no rules. And it's just you and nature. And like you able to move and flow and like be free and like see Mm. what feels good and push yourselves and learn in different ways. Like there's so many things that the ocean has supported me with that have been real um, kind of like tools that I've taken into how I live my life. And I'm Mm -hmm. like so excited when people find surfing at whatever time they do in their life because it's such a gift in that way. And it's just so empowering. We all know exercise makes life better. Our mood, our energy, just our general outlook on life improves. But sometimes it can feel like too much of a mission to get to a gym or to commit to a full hour workout. You're busy, I'm busy, life is hectic. The Salty Club makes it easier than ever to sharpen your mind, body and soul with online equipment-free workouts starting as short as seven minutes all the way up to 50-minute classes. You can choose one-off classes or commit to a whole program where every class is planned out for you for a series of weeks. And the best bit? 
You'll be able to talk and share with other women in our group chat for that extra dose of motivation. The Salty Club is $19 a month, but you can try it absolutely free for one whole month with the exclusive code to this podcast. You'll go to the website, thesalty.club, and then the code you will use is SCLUBPOD. So S-C-L-U-B-P-O-D. And that's so nice that you have that attitude too, which is like the more the merrier, like get in there. It's not this feeling of like, oh, it's becoming too crowded, which I hear so many places. It seems like you're just like, get in as many, as many as possible, you know? Yeah, it's totally crazy. I mean, everything's crazy. Everything's like crowded. Everything's like whatever. The streets are crowded, like whatever. We might as well. <laughs> I feel like if more people are doing the things that nurture them, it's going to make them happier on land. So it's like, bringing people into the water. It's like I host retreats. It's all about getting more people interested in surfing and also supporting them with the tools that they have that they can make their experience and everybody else's in the lineup better. So Mm. by understanding those things, like I learned those things, like sometimes the hard way as a kid surfing, a lot of people are getting into surfing later in their life and that nobody, you know, told them this stuff. And I think that that's what's important to share and yeah. also sharing that like community aspect that I really felt like grateful to have been supported with as a kid growing up surfing where I did. It was all about community. Mm, that's so nice. That's awesome. And yeah, all of us in the club, I think we started surfing mid to late 20s. At least I think that was the earliest. So none of us, are, none of us are early surfers. And it's true. You know, I remember just thinking, where can I find information about this? Where can I find community? Who can I talk to? So the more people who start like later on, the better. Absolutely. I think so, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just like watch it time and time again, change people's lives. And it's Mm -hmm. the best. It's Mm -hmm. so exciting. It's the most Mm -hmm. exciting. A hundred percent. Well, also, I want to say it's really inspiring to see a surfwear brand that you have so focused on low impact production, because like even in one of your interviews, I was listening to you say that even if you have to drive around with some garments to get them dyed, like even that driving around in the car is adding to the footprint of that piece, right? And it was really interesting to me because I feel like we have a lot of maybe tokenism in in surf product production, like made with recycled materials, which is cool and all these things, but it can also be like sent, like laid in plastic, sent with a ton of plastic or just the actual impact of this recycled piece can still be off the charts, right? And it's just, it's really cool to just to listen to how intentional you are with every single detail of that on the back end. And I guess my question is because you were sponsored by Roxy for a long time, correct? Yeah. And you designed pieces for them as well. So it's like, you've seen the, you've seen the side of that, like this, how that brand is so intricately tied with surf culture. And we grew up like wanting to get the next season thing, the next season thing, the next season thing. But that is so at odds with like what surf culture truly is in a way, because it's wanting to minimize whatever shit ends up in the ocean and wanting to, you know what I mean? So could you talk a bit about that experience, like between the two almost not extremes, but going from this really like hyper production surf culture thing to what you're trying to create like and creating with, with Cassia Surf? Absolutely. I mean, I think that to be honest, like when it comes to like even thinking about like the word sustainable, like nothing's sustainable if we're making it truly, you know, Um, is the sound okay? I can go into another room. It's okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you when you really think about it, like we if we're making anything, it's it's the world has enough 
raw yeah. materials that have already been made for us to recycle them and reuse them. But I think it's just like really intending to create things that last longer, um, you know, intending to create things that are better in different ways, knowing that it's not the best that it can be, knowing that it's going to get better and better. And it's like really thinking about kind of like the whole gamut of the footprint. You know, it's like people were using recycled plastic water bottles to make board shorts. It's like, okay, well, you're using recycled plastic water bottles to make board shorts. Are those actually ocean bound plastics or were they recycled? Were they created to be recycled? Because that has happened. Mm. Also, you know, then it's like, okay, well, that seems like a good idea. It's not ending up in the ocean. And then it actually break down, breaks down faster and makes more microplastics and doesn't last longer. And then you can't actually take those out of the water. You can take a bottle out of the water, but you can't take microplastics out Mm -hmm. of the water, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. kind of one of those things where I really think, you know, there's all these different layers. And at that time that felt like really kind of like eco and cool, but like, is it, you know, it's like, okay, like organic cotton, is it using more water? Most Mm -hmm. likely it is. And it's most likely using more water in a place that doesn't have access to very much water. So is that more eco? No. What about a recycled cotton and uh, organic cotton blend. Okay. Now you're talking about recycling something and there's like an organic, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. and it's also like biodegradable. It's not like with mixed with plastics and poly. So it's like, I right. think it's about like creating anything at this time. First and foremost, I really mm-hmm. feel is about creating things that last as long as possible mm-hmm. and then giving things an end of life cycle mm-hmm. opportunity. You know, like recycling and repurposing things in different ways, which is why we have our wetsuit recycling program, you know, and it's like we can all take baby steps. You know, it's like I'm in the wetsuit world. I teamed up with my friends at Sea Trees and their whole thing is reseeding our kelp forests because we've lost over 95 percent of them in California in the last like, you know, three decades, four decades. So, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. Kelp huge in reducing carbon emissions, you know, like um, the kelp forest actually. I think it's like 30, they sequester 30% more carbon than, you know, terra forests and Mm -hmm. kelp grows in good atmospheres, almost two feet a day. So it's kind of one of the fastest ways to sequester carbon, Um, you know? And so that's like going back directly to the ocean, which Mm. I think is important. So it's like, how can we be in the world, not Mm. disengage from it, you know, also pose opportunities to have conversations like this. Like, mm-hmm. how can we be smarter? How can we constantly, the little things like never buy plastic water bottles, like always carry a water bottle. Like I, you can't see it, <laughs> but always, always carry like a water bottle with you, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. carry your cutlery with you. Like just in, you know, traveling alone, if you're going to go somewhere, don't go somewhere for a week, go somewhere for a month, go somewhere for two mm-hmm. months. Like if you're actually going to get on a plane and travel somewhere, stay for a while, yeah. you know, just be more mindful about everything you're doing like Mm -hmm. at home I don't go to the beach unless I know the waves are going to be good and that might means I don't surf for a week or two yeah yeah, I want to be in the ocean but I'm not just going to drive around like I'm going to choose not to drive so when I do it's like worth it you know so I think like we're kind of at that time where Mm -hmm. what's worth it what makes sense for us and like how can we be the most like mindful about like what we're creating what we're doing the impact in the world and how 
every single one of us, like seven plus billion people, what we do actually does matter. Yeah, definitely. You know, 100%. Like, we were like, oh, there's so many people. Like, no, what you do matters. And it affects your yeah. community, even if they're just seeing it. You know, like, I'm going to keep picking up trash at the beach. Yeah. Because I don't want to see it. And it's not my trash. And yeah, it might not make a huge impact, but it's going to make an impact. And like, I want to do it, you know? So I think it goes back to like what you were sharing before. It's like, when you feel like you're trying to take in everything that's happening, you know, and also trying to live your life and take care of your family and put food on the table and do all those things. And there's so much happening in the world. And it's like, when you really start to look at the whole bigger global environmental picture, it can be totally um, paralyzing. So mm -hmm. it's like, how do you still choose to be conscious about all your actions and not get totally overwhelmed and shut down by what's happening and just be a part of the solution by even just like questioning um, and going forward. So I think too, it's like, you know, I, I'm grateful to be in the position I am with my own brand, like circling back to that because I kind of went on a tangent because I have a lot of adaptability and, um, you know, being a small brand, I, I can really make those changes faster, you know, and some of those bigger $4 billion industries, like there, there's so much money and there's so many people that hopefully, but they're also always looking at the small brands for like, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah. how, can, how can we inspire those bigger brands to make changes, whether it's through collaborations or whether it's through just them like checking out what we're doing and being like, we need to do this now. It's like, yeah, dude, whatever gets them there. Let's like push those big brands to get there, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm grateful. And, and that's why I wanted to leave working with those big companies to start a smaller company and be focused on uh, solutions rather than contributing to the bigger issues. Mm -hmm. I love that. Did you ever have any kind of problem with moving away from this kind of conventional idea of success, right? Because that's kind of seen in a way of having made it like working with Roxy, being with that, being in one of those big surf companies to then move away from um, that to focus on your own thing, which doesn't focus on the bottom line. You know, that's not the main priority clearly. Um, but of course enough. that completely changes everything. So Absolutely. I was just wondering. Did yeah. you ever have any process around that? So much process. I mean, I left working with those big companies that paid for my entire life for my whole life. And then I had mm -hmm. nothing and I had to sell everything I owned. My house caught on fire. I had nothing, you know, at one point I was wow. almost like living in my car, you know, and that was fine because it like pushed me and I am who I am. Every single person told me I was crazy, whether it was my agent who, or my parents or like, you know, people were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just don't feel good about working with these big brands now that I know. And I'm also grateful that I got to do what I got to do in my life. Like very grateful, cool. Okay. I also learned how amazing some things were and learned what I didn't want to keep doing. Mm. So then I just went on on my own and literally pushed myself like through so much uncomfort and through so much like just not having much and really just like literally letting everything go. All my favorite things, all my favorite stuff, like sold it, got rid of it, lighter, lighter, lighter. I need nothing. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. And 
not focus on the bottom line. Cause really like, as we know where we're surfing, like when we're surfing and we teach it to people, wherever you look, you're going, you know, yeah, and it's, it's like, true. if the whole world's focused on the bottom line, we're all going to eat it, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. Like it's still just starting to come around now, you know, like people are like, when I first started it to like now, it's like people are so much more pumped on what we're doing where I couldn't have had that same conversation with as many people just even three years ago. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to stay with what I love to do. I'm just going to stay with what I'm inspired by. I'm going to stay in trying to learn and trying to grow and trying to shift things and trying to do them different because everything else is happening this way and it's clearly not working and people are going to still do it in certain ways. So I might as well do something else and, and try and push it and to support people like myself that want something else. So I think that's Mm -hmm. really what it's about is like, whatever you're inspired by, whatever you want to do, your like unique, magical individual self is here to do that. And only you can really do it the way that you can do it. So go do it. Cause mm-hmm. that's like, what else are we here to do? Yeah. And we're going to learn about ourselves along the way. And that uh-huh. whole like bigger idea of like conventional success. Like I think I learn the most out of my seeming failures than I do about anything that I do good. Like I don't like, like looking back on my surf career, like I don't remember much about anything that I won, but I remember the most about like some challenging wave I put myself out in and maybe like was like really close to like messing myself up and pulled something, you know, off in a cool mm-hmm. way. And, through my business, it's like, you know, through the tension and like what not to do or like the seeming failures that I learned the most about like how we can adapt and change things. So I don't feel like there's ever a failure. It's just opportunities to learn. And I feel like if you're putting yourself out there and pushing yourself, you're always succeeding. Mm, you're always going. 100%. 100%. I love that. And I hope it's okay. I asked you about this. You said you lost your house in a fire that your house burnt down. Totally. Oh my God. It was That's, crazy. It yeah. was such a lesson and such a gift. And at the time I was like, this is crazy. What did I do wrong? Like, you know, mm. like, and like, maybe I'm like too candid all the time, but you know, it, it was challenging with my business. It's challenging to be like one single person up against these huge businesses out in the world. And everybody has an opinion about what you should do and what you should make and how you should make it and how you need to sell it to this and how you need to sell that. And you're just like, whoa, okay. You know, and, and trying to do things in different ways and And I'm just like, I had to get really clear on like what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be another huge company. Yeah, I want to be successful. But success to me just means like being sustainable, Mm. you know, and I'm still learning through that, you know, and in the height of that, in the height of like all my life savings put into my company and like everything else and like things maybe not seemingly looking like they were working, you know, because I was in the learning process of it all. Like my house caught on fire and then I didn't have a place to live for two years. And I literally was like selling everything I owned, but it was so cool because I just got lighter, lighter and lighter, lighter, you know? And at the time it looked like total chaos. Of course. Uh Complete destruction. But uh, yeah, it's, I think that that's it, you know? Because like, what does it really matter? You know, it's like, take it all away. Like I still have myself and I still have my like truth, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. And it really taught me to believe in myself in a deeper way. 
Because what looked like totally crazy, instead of feeling sorry for myself or like I did something wrong, I just was like, all right, I'm just going to keep going because I believe in this and I believe in myself and, and I pushed through. And I think that that's like a lesson that the ocean taught me. I mean, getting slammed back to the beach so many times, and then you just are going to go for one more round, push through <laughs> it one more time. And then you might get one of the best ways of your life. I mean, I'm not condoning anybody to put themselves in dangerous situations that are outside of their um, mm-hmm. maybe comfort zone or safety or the safety of others. That said, you know, it is, you know, again, like pushing into the tension. There's so much opportunity there, mm. you know? And so I'm grateful for that. And at that time, I was not grateful for any of it at all. But it's like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. I learned the most and I became the most resilient. And I just like let everything go. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate it. Um, kind of going back to the traveling thing a bit, I did want to ask because we travel through like countries in Central America and all over the world, developing countries like low-income countries. And for sure, in a lot of these places, the education around trash and and um, is is very far behind. And what I do see is a lot of travelers come and want to like make all these changes. But I'm just wondering, like, where is that appropriate for travelers and expats to kind of try solve or help in a system like should we be trying to do that when we travel should we be trying to like help spread knowledge about plastic like or awareness about sustainability or low impact or is it more a case of let's just stay in our lane in our backyard focus on what we can do and travel through these places lightly like what's your view on that I mean I always think that it's important to kind of like invite in conversation and also never shame anybody around anything You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, when people are like, if you're in, uh, you know, a developing country or like somewhere where there's low income, people are focused on survival. Yeah. You know, it's such a luxury. I I feel truly to be like, oh my God, there's trash. It's a luxury to even think about that when some people are just literally trying to survive. Yeah. So as it's a luxury, we don't need to shame people. We can invite in and take in like maybe if we have the resources and we want to actually create a sustainable project and educate people by empowering them with information that they didn't have. I think it's just all about how it's approached, you know? Um, but we're, if we're shaming people, we're just pushing people away and we're not giving them the tools, you know? So I think it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I, I met a woman recently who lives in, you know, there's like a awesome expat community in this place in Nicaragua. And, um, you know, they created a beautiful project around it where they're actually like teaching all the community, the youth, like all the local kids, and they're actually giving them jobs and like paying them to actually like take care of this trash and like to come up with a means to kind of like move through it and then teach other people Mm -hmm. about it. They're also teaching them about like surf coaching to give them jobs for the future. So they're doing all these cool different things within their community that they live and putting in an infrastructure for the future, paying these kids, and then these kids are actually teaching the next generation. So it kind of goes back that way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that that's was awesome. The, yeah, it's cool. Cause that's like one of the best projects. So it's like, you know, by inviting in the community of people that live there, you know what I mean? It's like, if you're traveling to a place, like you're in somebody else's home, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so like go exactly. and get into it, you know, like, leave some like it's one thing to just go pick up trash on the beach I'm gonna go pick up trash anywhere I am you know just that's my style you know but if you're like really spending time in a place and you want to create some infrastructure like 
people need infrastructure. People need these things, you know? So how can you help them, you know, by empowering them with the tools to take it to the next level? I think that's, you know, that's where too, again, we go back to that like global family, any person's yeah. trash is our, our trash. So it's like staying in our lanes. We're like, you know, kind of disassociating from everything that's around them. And it probably is our trash one way or another, if you trace it. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah, it's on a different shore, you know? Yeah, true. Definitely. Thank you for that. Um, I was going to ask, this is more of like a abstract question, but what's something that you've changed your mind about completely in the last 12 months? Wow. Something I completely changed my mind about in the last 12 months. As I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm also noticing that when I was maybe a younger person, I would make up my mind about anything, like mind about things like, oh, like this is, you know, how I choose to see this. But I think like right now, like I'm not trying to make up my mind about anything. Nice. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, I don't want to. Yeah, be definitely. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm like, wow, like, have I, I don't even think I have. Yeah. A mind about yeah. anything in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I've done no. a lot of work to get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, to get to a point where it's not so rigid and you're open to things changing and different. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been like even extra a lot of letting go over these last kind of like couple years. You know, mm-hmm. definitely. What is something you wish you cared less about ten years ago? Oh my gosh. What I wish I cared less about 10 years ago. Gosh, where was I 10 years ago? Um, (laughs) What about 20 years ago? Yeah. 20 years ago. Oh, well, when I was a a kid running around and getting into crazy stuff, I remember that like, I always had to be at the place that everyone was doing everything. I never wanted to miss out on anything when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would push myself and I would get hurt. Like I never wanted to miss out on the party or I never wanted to miss out on the wave or I never wanted to miss out on the thing. And so it was always like, you know, kind of what, what's everybody doing? Like, and so I didn't really take time and space for myself in the way that I do now, you know? And so I always said yes to everything. And I never said yes to myself. And I definitely still maybe have some of those tendencies in some ways. Um, but I'd say yes to myself so much more now, you know, and when I was younger, I got, I got hurt time and time again. I just never kind of knew when to stop. And I just like, yeah, I had this like insatiable need to be everywhere and do everything. And so that kind of like put me into like, I've had quite a few injuries and, you know, mm-hmm. cool. Thanks like for that. that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just as we, as we start to wrap this up, I want to ask, is there anything else you would like to say to our listeners that kind of came up through our talk? It can be to do with what we've spoken about, or it can be something that comes up completely out of left field. What's something you feel like you'd like to say to our listeners or leave them with? Yeah. I just say like, honor yourself wherever you're at, you know, and, and somebody told me this and it's, it keeps coming back up and it's like really present right now for me is that don't take anything personally ever. Mm, that's a big one because everything can feel personal if you let it. Everything can feel personal. Even having a bad surf can feel personal. <laughs> you know, totally feel personal. And it's such a practice. Like if we all yeah. could just meditate on that every day, 
Like, wow. Mm. You know, like I think about that for myself and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It wasn't personal. Who knows what kind of day that person had? Who knows where they're coming from? Who knows what's going on for them in their life? Like, who knows any of it, you know? And if I'm just like honoring myself in this moment and my feelings, like always, it's cool, you know? Nobody owes me anything. None of that, you know? I'm just going to like show up and do me and like invite people to do the same for themselves. And I think that's that's probably one of the most potent pieces of, information um that was shared to me maybe in the last like two years that i'm like <clears throat> it's so clear and it's so beautiful and it's so powerful and it really is and not easy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. simple and not easy exactly there's that duality right that's it that's yeah. it so it's a, it's a good practice a hundred percent cassia thank you so much for talking to me today i had so much fun talking to you Thank you so much and enjoy the mountains. It was such a thank pleasure you. to chat and just like, thank, thank you so you. much for having me. And thank, thank you for everything you're doing with Salty, you know, the whole like Salty Club, Salty Souls, like Salty, keep it salty and sweet. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you so much for everything you're doing too. You're a massive inspiration to a lot of people. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, right on, Kevin. Thank you so much. All right, have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. podcast was brought to you by the salty club hosted by me caitlin creeper and sound and editing by matioshko